2: whoa that does cut real fast
3: yeah that's intense we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to edit that
2: that's awesome i love it
3: <laughs> imagine if we were standing in two different areas like when it cut like you were on the stairs and i was like, oh yeah somehow hanging from the ceiling or something that
2: would be that would be intense i would love it but here we are it's grappy hour it's tuesday because uh right off the bat let's just tell the people that uh grappy hour is gonna move from mondays at 5 p.m eastern to tuesdays at 5 p.m. P. Eastern, uh, we want to accommodate some scheduling, and we also want to give uh, an extra day so that, you know, you and I can uh, talk about Monday Night Raw for, for 17 hours on this podcast, because that's Obviously. totally what we do, right?
3: And Elevation, because it's the best. Uh, Actually, sure. it was this week. It was this week. So
2: I, I haven't watched Elevation yet. I did watch Raw, but that's also me. I make time for Raw. I know not everyone does, but to each their own. Either way, it's grappy hour. It's time. Lily, we're here. How are you doing? What's going on? How was your weekend?
3: Um, This past week has been insane. I feel like I'm doing 8 million things at once, but um, I'm thankful for that. Being busy is good. I know you're busy with, you know, having a kid and all now.
1: Um,
3: But it's been great. I've been uh, training hard and I've also been, you know, just getting more involved in the local wrestling scene. And I went to see a super kick show, which is also the school that I train at um and uh yeah it was crazy and we can talk about that we can talk about training
2: Hell yeah, we're going to. We're, we always do. I love hearing about the training. I love hearing about the shows we go to that maybe other people don't get a chance to do. I love telling people to leave a thumbs up on the video if you got a chance. If you're watching at youtube.com slash Overbooked, go ahead, do that. If you're in the chat, hello, how you doing? Welcome, good to see you. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't and leave a comment if you're watching after the fact because I know some of y'all do and that's okay. And if you're here and you're live and you want to support us with a little bit of money, you can do it. You can send us money. a super chat. Give us your money. It supports Fightful Overbooked because we're completely self-sufficient and self-funded by viewers like you. We're PBS for pro wrestling. So go ahead. Send us your super chats. It's the little dollar sign over in the chat window. It allows you to get your question statement right on the air. We talk to y'all anyway. But if you want to send some love, we'll always take it. And, of course, we have the Overbook Discord. There's a link in the description of the video. Go check it out. We talk about wrestling. We talk about other stuff. Go in there. Get involved. It's as fun as you want it to be. Lily, Where do we start here you choose
3: wild card you choose i'm also gonna let the audience and i can't see the chat but choose what i should drink i have two drinks right here so this one is uh no this one is a rose kind of a moment and then this colorful one is a sparkling wine beverage with raspberry and hibiscus which one
2: both of them i bet you if you mix them both it would probably be pretty good It actually sounds like it would be delicious does anyone say
3: anything
2: uh they slowly they will there's always a delay but until then let's get you a little bit of a van (laughs) Twinblade super chat saying oh i see we're here to talk suzuki and something from sunday glory pro it's on youtube you should watch it i am looking forward to going and watching that match uh i watched suzuki and too cold from gcw as frustrating as that show was i Absolutely despised the audio and video problems, and it continues to be the gripe I have with GCW. Otherwise, a great show. What did you think of the show? What are your thoughts? We can start with GCW because I'm I'm already it. feeling. Oh, and by the way, we got Rose, we got Rose. So two for Rose.
3: Then that wins. You you win.
2: We don't need easy. we don't
3: need too many people. I also have long nails, so I'm gonna have to use an implement, but Got three
2: for Rose. Three
3: for Rose. Okay. GCW. I obviously am a fan, but that was one of the worst events they threw for a magnitude of reasons. The first one, which was obvious, was the AV issues. It was a it joke. It took
2: like, me right out of it.
3: Well, like you're watching a match, and especially with two cold and Suzuki, and Suzuki's like one of my all-time, all-time favorites. The, the audio was cut for whew, like half the match. It was brutal. Um and on top of that it was just kind of like a weird kind of sloppy booking situation as well the amount of time it took to set up that high incident match was like absolutely ridiculous and um i actually liked the opening i think it was a four-way tag billy starks has shown a huge improvement she's doing a lot more like crazy spots and she can keep up with like these insane hardcore wrestler dudes um so that was really good to see but the only standout match was uh, Minoru and Two Cold Scorpio, which unfortunately had horrible, horrible audio. So it's like, what
2: can I really say? The show felt a little thrown together for me. I agree. The mm-hmm. opening contest, they did a uh, they did a five-way scramble. Ooh, it was Tony is... Deppin, Billy Starks, Jordan Oliver, <laughs> Steve Scott, who I just want to call Steve Holt and raise my hands in the air, and yo And there were some really, really funny and silly uh, spots out of there. It was really, really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, Billy Starks, like you said, continues to rise and and grow her stock in, in wrestling. Cannot say a bad thing about her and her mm-hmm. development so far. Tony Deppin stealing the win. I love that because Deppen is that piece of shit in GCW that hey. everyone wants to get a, a, in a good way. You want to get your okay. hands on Tony Deppin. You know. Um, Alex Shelley and Nick Wayne had a really, really great match, by mm-hmm. the way. Again, the problem was it was plagued by audio issues. Yep. And once that happened, I was like... Like out of it like dirty daddy the chris dickinson versus ach yep. and that's an extra great match such a good standout performance from both men but again we had a bunch of problems with the audio in the video and it just sucked uh janela versus bandito i enjoyed again i enjoyed a lot of these matches but i just couldn't get into it because of the way that the audio and video was a shit show it was a shit show. And then Harpos yeah. is not a very well lit uh venue for, for wrestling. They had to what? it's a
3: music house. venue, I assume,
2: right? Yeah, it's a music yeah. venue in Detroit. And and like it's cool, and I'm sure on the it looks, great. looks great, but it's just mm, strange. Like logistically, really it doesn't well-lit. work. No. And then the main event, yeah, like you said, they took a long time to set up high incident. I'm not surprised to hear that or to see that. Um, but the Briscoes and Second Gear crew went to a draw, which I felt was a little bit of a cop out. I didn't the crowd hated know. it, too. They the did. And, and you know it. what? It, it, one thing that GCW does well is that they are pretty good at, at paying off these things later. But if you're mm. going to do a match like High Incident where you're bringing in scaffolds and tables and yeah. just ridiculous spots, that's usually a blow off. So either you got to have something huge set for these two teams moving forward or you just shit the bed and it wasn't a good match uh, or a good finish to do to do a draw.
3: Yeah it's kind of like when you're watching like I like horror movies and when you're watching a horror movie it kind of all leads up to this one moment right where everyone dies or someone gets away or they figure out why they're possessed or whatever and the payoff in at this event was just so lackluster Um, on top of which like as someone who's now training um, no one should be doing these spots anymore. Like CTE is super real and um, I worry specifically about a lot of the performers and wrestlers in GCW. Um, I don't think they're stupid. I just think that some of the decisions and spots that they do, um, they will pay for in the future. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, like about local wrestling and, and even training. And like I, I, I,
2: I'm, I'm so banged up. They, and the, the thing is like these guys and girls know they know what they're doing. Like they know mm. what they're putting their bodies through. And I and I agree with you to a certain degree. At the same time, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not going to tell them what to do, what not to do. Um, I Neither definitely I, don't but... want to see. I know, and I'm not saying you are. I I definitely do not want to see chair shots to the head, which we saw mm. from the the high incident match. I don't need that. It's just not great. Um, so I, I'm better off without that. And with GCW as a whole. There is so much potential there, and we talk Mm -hmm. about it so frequently. They have Mm -hmm. great matches. There are good storylines playing out. The wrestlers there clearly give a shit about what the product is, but they need to work on the production issues, and that's potentially a fight issue more than a GCW issue. And on top of that, we saw this week there was the uh, IWTV and GCW lawsuit that kind of came to a close, and that's going to include GCW producing some content for IWTV. I Mm -hmm. think we're going to see the IWTV content turn out to be a lot better produced and just better looking and better, uh, you know, um, upload than it's going to be on the fight uh, streams. And we'll see, we'll see if that's true.
3: I, I agree because, um, I mean, fight, I think just has so much going on. And at the end of the day, they don't really seem to care or understand how, um, like sports streaming or sports entertainment streaming works, um, and I agree. I think that, you know, IWTV um, has a lot of stuff that I would never watch, but the way that it functions um, is really good. And I think that would be um, a way better platform for it for now. I mean, I know we all saw the cursed photo of uh, Lauderdale with, I think, one of the McMahons No,
2: It was a Stephanie.
3: Yeah. So whew, if that becomes like a new ECW situation. I also wouldn't be surprised.
2: I I'm I wouldn't read too much into that. Hmm. I don't think there was much just to, a cool to photo that. situation. Yeah, and like they brought GCW in, gave them the box. I think there's a good, healthy respect there. I don't think that there is a working relationship at play. And I know people took that quote that uh, Brett said on the uh, GCW podcast on Patreon that I think they kind of took that to assume WWE, but it's not necessarily. Well, you get WWE. those clicks too. You got to get those clicks. And it's Brett's words. He didn't say WWE. He said the the largest company, largest wrestling company out there. That's not necessarily WWE in the eyes of some. True, It's not, you know, it, it's, it could be other people. And I apologize if my internet starts acting up, um, yeah, so GCW has so much potential. There are so many opportunities to mm-hmm. see these um, these events get bigger and better, and we see the crowd building, but we're mm-hmm. not seeing necessarily the same um, excitement coming out of the shows. I think we need to see a lot more. Like that was a very well produced show. That was something like the the barrier seems to kind of be there with GCW, and I'd love to see more, but um, we're not getting it with shows that operate like this.
3: And, um, you know, maybe it's a scheduling thing, too. I mean, they do event after event after event. And um, I've been following GCW, like, pretty heavily um, for, like, I guess, years now, which is crazy to think about. Um, and a lot of fans, especially hardcore fans who have kind of been there since day one, really shit all over uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom show. Um, And I can understand why, because it was, like, more, like, let's say, like, Hollywood produced. So, like, it was more, like impact AEW kind of vibes than gcw let's say um but in terms of production angles how it was set up the logistics i thought that was probably their best show and it's kind of frustrating to see an event of that caliber in terms of production and then see all this like clusterfuck shit um come after because um even the packages that gcw do they're they're fucking awesome like the graphics the music the lighting um they have the people i just there's something that they need to maybe it's someone that's working there I don't know they need to uh, figure out their audio and I mean impact was a shit show as well
2: uh yeah so we so first of all we'll we'll, we'll transition to impact in a second Ryan first of all says this is a super chat saying Joel I don't mean to alarm you but you're chatting with the talking cats well I mean listen the cat the cat knows how to how to do how to do this job so I have to work with the cats or you cat get scratched. That's right. The cat has claws. And if I don't pay attention to what the cat's saying, I don't do my job. Anyway. I wish I had a
3: cat to bring on screen, but I do talk to the cats in my neighborhood because I also am a cat. So they are my all my familiars.
2: <laughs> my sister used to do that when we were growing up. All the cats in the neighborhood, she would come and try to like pet the cats who are out on the street. Um, anyway, so impact. So when you and I were kind of planning ahead talking about what we wanted to talk about on the show, uh, you had mentioned something that's bugging you with impact. Go ahead, tell tell us all, and uh, let's see if we can get to the bottom of this feeling.
3: I don't remember what I said that was bugging me. What did I say? Now I feel basically, like basically
2: that you hate their audio and you're gonna bury them. And you oh, think the yeah, worst yeah, yeah. company in the world. You think impact sucks.
3: Yeah, that's verbatim what I said. Actually, what I said was I wish I was Elon Musk because if I had $40 billion, I would give them, I would literally give them probably a $10 million check today and be like, you're going to get better sound. You guys can do whatever you want. I just want you to have the best sound ever because right now I can't deal with it. You have mics dying mid-segment. You have weird shitty transitions going on. Like, I don't know dick all about TV production, but I know that if I was Elon Musk rich, the first person I'd be investing in is Impact, hundred percent.
2: I think that Impact Rebellion was probably one of the better produced. It was awesome pay per views. Well, there were
3: still issues, but there were still fucking issues.
2: And, and, and this is this is the funny thing that I always talk about when it comes to to WWE and AEW's picked up on it too. When it comes to pay per view, that um, the production values are absolutely key. And mm-hmm. Impact has had this issue forever, both in-house and like if you're attending live or if you're watching on pay-per-view, fight, whatever, um, those issues have always been there, those production issues. And I've always despised the fact that it never gets better. Um, mm-hmm. It's It has gotten better in little ways. I think since Josh Matthews moved from commentary to uh, backstage and being the senior production guy, I think mm. that really, really helped. I also said on another show, and I stand by this. Tom Hannafin and uh and Matt Raywalt, they're the probably the best commentary team that's out there right now because they're not hard to listen to.
3: Um there's one gentleman, he's on impact. He has almost the exactly the same voice, like tone and vibrato as Joe Rogan, because he does a lot of commentary too, right? And he's he's brilliant. I I forget what his name is, but he has he has like very similar voice to Joe Rogan, and I just love listening to him talk because he kind of has that like rough but velvety voice, and he and he knows his shit.
2: On Impact, yeah. Only person I can think of is Tom Hannafin, and he's the lead the probably. Lead guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I don't think of Tom as um, as Joe Rogan. I think of um, what's his face on Monday Night Raw, Jimmy Smith, the lead announcer mm-hmm. on Raw, is closer to to him than joe rogan like joe rogan sounds more like jimmy smith and vice versa than hannafin does uh to 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 joe rogan if you go back yeah because i can tell
3: because i guess yeah joe's very like excited like he always like like freaks out when he's commentating too and um that's not really his style
2: yeah so with with hannafin and uh and raywalt at impact i think honestly it's it's such a better team not just for the commentary but also for the content that they give while Mm. having their conversations because they clearly do the homework they clearly care about the product they're pitching um and they 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 really tell a good story together especially in between matches and during the matches versus all the other commentary teams out there you can think of on tv no one else is doing it quite the same as they are
3: Mm -hmm. um and i think um you know, we all go on the Twitter here and there. And uh, the one thing in terms of, like, negativity that I see um, that really, like... It's not even that it upsets me. It's just, like, why? Like, it's just the constant shit on Impact. Like, I just see people, like, day in, day out. Like, Impact sucks. All the wrestlers suck. It's the shittiest product ever. And I think that, like, that's such a lazy and easy thing to say. And I think that Impact is such a... Um, a great representation of like modern wrestling, you know, taking the classic legacy and bringing it into the modern time. And it's still really accessible too to all ages, all, uh, demographics, all incomes, unlike a lot of these other promotions where you have to have money to go. Um, and I think that's like another factor that I really like about impact where it's kind of the closest thing you'll get to an indie show while still being like a professional legacy product.
2: So, Impact has been around for twenty years. Mm-hmm. They have seen multiple changes in ownership, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of resets, a lot of rebranding. Um, being called TNA really got them put behind the eight ball, proverbially speaking. Proverbially, the I don't know words anymore. <laughs> uh, it put them I know behind what you the meant. eight ball. Yeah, you know what I mean. And one of the problems that kind of <laughs> came with that was um, think about. Anytime that someone has done you wrong, as let's say a friend, if a friend uh, cheats you out of a 100 bucks, you're probably not going to consider that person a friend and you're probably not going to want to spend time with that friend anymore. Impact slash TNA did that with a lot of people over the last oh. 20 years. And unfortunately, because wrestling fan, well fans of any type like to talk we got to a point where Impact became this huge joke that no one wants to take seriously because it was either, oh, the TV eventually fails or they can't pay their wrestlers in time or basically they run the gamut of excuses that came up over the years. And as a result, Impact is kind of stuck with this whole LOL Impact mentality. But for those who who go and watch and for those who really um, invest the time, they see that Impact's actually a really uh, full-fledged brand that has a lot of potential now uh, when impact moved to twitch what we did at fightful was our fightful twitch became the hub to watch impact on thursday nights because we mm. could co-stream the show and i would bring on guests to be myself and stephen jensen and we'd have a third most weeks and we just kind of sh- sit and schmooze and talk about impact while watching the show and like we had two rules one was everyone had to shut up when it was Math. And the other thing was, whenever there was a Swingers Palace uh, segment, everyone had to shut up for that, too. So other than that, Impact has gotten so much better. Uh, and and I love it. They're, they're really, yeah, like they're, some, they're not perfect. God knows they're not perfect. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but the show that they put on this past Sunday was probably one of their better shows that also gave a long-term storytelling payoff. Like a real long-term storytelling payoff. Not just like... Oh, we we planted the seeds for this four months ago, and mm. now we're just coming back to it now, or like we've revisited it like once a month type of thing. This was a consistent storyline with Moose and Josh Alexander since October of last year, and they mm-hmm. brought it all the way to this past Sunday, with a very and the very moment with his break. kid, oh. wonderful, wonderful stuff mm-hmm. to see to see Josh win the match, but also to have his family involved, and they've been part of this entire storyline. To see that all come together, that's great, and that's stuff that really, to me, makes impact worth watching again.
3: Can you do me a favor at some point in the stream and just play a GIF or a clip of the Morrissey, Jordan, Chelsea table spot? Because I swear to goddamn, goddamn, I am going to do that spot as a tribute before the end of either twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. And I, just make, I sure,
2: um, just make sure that whoever's giving you the power bomb is not just grabbing at your top and almost pulling it down.
3: I think no, 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 because I talked about this with a few people. I think Chelsea was worried about one thing, and that was her titties coming out. Because yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But like most women know, like when you're performing, like you put tape on your nipple, like like. And Jade actually had um, a hilarious moment. I forget what it was, but she had like um, a wardrobe malfunction, and I think the quote was, "The one goddamn night I don't wear double sided tape," and I was just like, "Jade, you are literally the most perfect human being." Um, But I digress. Um, I need to be powerbombed through a table by someone Morrissey sized immediately.
2: There are plenty of people that you are training with who are those, those types.
3: Psycho Mike, I'm calling you out.
2: There Psycho you Mike,
3: I'm calling you out.
2: He'll tell you who wants to see a body slam and then he'll body slam you through a table and that'll be the spot. So, yep. Impact had a great show. Uh, they opened up with that uh, the the re- a very random triple threat with Jay White, Steve Macklin, and Chris Saban, which was really like a battle of the three guys you like and probably want to see more of. And I, I just I very much enjoyed the match to see Macklin get the win. They're clearly trying to position Macklin for more in Impact. Have you mm-hmm. been watching his stuff? Do you have a, a feeling towards Steve Macklin as a wrestler? Is there anything um, you, like you really liked in that match?
3: I'm more of a Chris Sabin girl, personally, um, but I really liked. it, kind of had almost like a Cobra Kai, like bad karate guys, energy to this match. Um, but I, I do, I do need to check out more Macklin stuff because he's he's super hot right now, and I've only seen like what he can do in the squared circle at Impact. So let's see what he can do elsewhere.
2: Yeah, and again, great showing from him. Uh, I'm hearing that there's a there's a match from. This week slash next week for Impact, that involves Macklin, that is aces. They, everyone should We're go cool. and check out. Uh, with, with actually one of your favorites. Who? Uh, one of your Japanese favorites, who's not named Who? Minoru Suzuki. Who? Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, the yeah, pitbull Ishi- of doom. Ishii and Macklin are supposed to have a match. So get ready for that. Oh, my God. Very excited for that. Uh, good to see Taya Valkyrie make her return to Impact. And- the champ champ is done. Champ-champ game is over for now, at least. Deanna Perrazzo drops the triple-A ring title. Match was really good. I mean, I knew Taya would come out and I like, again, going back to storytelling from the announcers, I like that the announcers go back to the fact that Deanna dropped her impact, or sorry, Taya dropped her impact women knockouts championship to Deanna Purrazzo. Mm. There was some storytelling there. They didn't nail it over the head. Diana's smart.
3: I mean, the, both those women are smart and um, just before, um, like, we popped on here, like, I was looking at her schedule, uh, Taya, like, for the next little while. She's she's flying to Mexico, back to the States, back to, like, it's it's insane what her schedule is. So, like, if you want to see some, like, wild, fucking, like, hard-hitting women's wrestling, check her out. Follow her on her socials and just see what she's doing over the next week. I know uh, Jay Shell, shout out Jay Shell. She might see her at a show, I think, in Providence this week, which I believe is an all-women's um event with other legends like Willow Nightingale. Um, so there's a lot going on for her. And I mean, diana's is a, a goddamn icon as well. She, she's probably one of, if not the best, women's wrestler
2: uh, right now. i have seen Dan in the chat pointing out that Taya had a death match with Pero, and I need to see that match.
3: Like, what? Why why don't people know about
2: these things? There we go. It's Women's Wrestling Army. There's Jay Shaw. There thank go. you Thank you um and and so let's let's move on to our canadian icon not josh alexander but i'm talking about speedball mike bailey oh my god you want to talk about also, that triple threat match that tag that triple threat X division title match it,
3: first of all like if you're watching and you're not from canada and or from canada and you're not close to quebec you you, you might not understand the context of how i don't want to say funny because that kind of like is problematic but I don't even care if it's problematic how funny like Quebecers can be and like Quebecers just have like the funniest energy ever because they are Canadian but it's kind of removed from like the rest of Canada in terms of its identity its culture they speak a different language etc um and speedball he's he's serious about martial arts as well let's not forget about his like very very serious background in that sport as well which you can obviously see with his gear with the way that he comes out like this um and also he's making up for lost time right because he wasn't able to um wrestle for a few years because of visa issues which was his fault that's a tip if you're a wrestler sort your fucking visas out because
2: well if you're a canadian wrestler and you're trying to get across if you're american you can show up here anytime no problem
3: but um, I, he's making up for lost time and oh boy, is he uh, really making up for it because the matches he's putting on are, is clinic after clinic after clinic. Um, and I actually Google, I was just Googling him the other day doing some research and he's lost quite a bit of weight since the beginning of his career. Like he's totally transformed and I didn't know that either. So shout out Speedball for just like speed running wrestling essentially he's literally speed running wrestling right now
2: so speedball trey miguel ace awesome they have a triple threat for the exhibition championship the entire night all we're being told is commentary saying you know oh trey miguel doesn't have to be pinned or submitted to lose the title and i'm like stop stop hitting us over the head with this like it was just getting obnoxious and eventually oh. trey actually retains uh he doesn't sorry he doesn't retain but does not retain does he
3: no ace awesome no, remember the i cursed him in toronto with you right. and then he lost you're right
2: so I completely forgot for him. And Ace Austin is the new X-Division champion. Uh, and, of course, Trey gets pinned. So clearly it meant nothing <laughs> for commentary to hit us over the head with that. I and, think he did,
3: and he did the Meteora, which is your favorite move, I know.
2: Well, it's not my favorite move. It's Steven Jensen's favorite move.
3: Oh, okay. Well, shout yes. out Steven Jensen for right. not understanding how – messed up a meteora to the faces
2: that's right well he's he comes to he's come to understand it because uh not only that i told Stephen the story of how um trey miguel came to use the meteora and now jensen oh, right. is fully on board so now he, he knows he's a big fan loves the shima gave him the the meteora now he understands and loves trey miguel's use of it
3: see how important education
2: is joel Right, exactly. Everyone should learn from their elders and everyone should learn from wrestling. And if you want to know more about Speedball Mike Bailey, you should check out a video that we have here on Fightful Overbooked, which is the interview with Speedball Mike Bailey that Jeremy Lambert and Steven Jensen did. So go ahead. Check that out. Mike Bailey, though. Match of the year, this one. What do you think?
3: Match of the <laughs> no, year. I'm oh, my God. i was God. just messing with you. i was just
2: messing with you. It was a good match. I don't think it was match of the year. It was right? a 10-star
3: was match. Fun. It was a 10-star match. Meltzer cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. We brought it to Tokyo one more time, gave it 11 stars. Everyone's happy. Anyway.
3: But Jonah Ishii, yes. do you want to talk about that?
2: Absolutely, I want to talk about that. I was at the edge of my seat. I was I was proverbially shitting my pants, and I was shocked with the outcome. Dude, like, who
3: headbutts a neck? I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But also, I loved the like character dynamic between these two characters, because as much as they're very much different there's a lot of similarities and they were really playing off each other well and there was a story there because they're both kind of unshakable characters right so they went to war and uh the results were were incredible and i mean ishi already has a legacy but if you're newer to wrestling or if you haven't really explored the japanese side slash the Puro or joshi side of wrestling please look at some of his matches like
2: goddamn older didn't matches know. i mean Yeah, did not know what to expect from Jonah and Ishii other than two men beating the shit out of each other. But I also, I expected Jonah to win. I really did. I thought we were going to have Jonah win and then we were going to go back to him and Josh Alexander for the title and that's the way it was going to be. But nope, not the case. We're going to have Ishii go over Jonah and I think Tomohiro Ishii is going to have a little bit of a run and impact moving forward. And if you subscribe to Fightful Select, you'll get a few more inklings as to why that might be happening. Great match though. Holy shit. I mean... Jonah and PCO were having great matches on impact, but this absolutely built a rival, like it rivaled that uh, that that matchup. It was good. I stuff. think
3: I'm going to start a change.org petition to have a statue erected in honor of PCO because like what a Canadian icon. And he, that's another person who I think he did an interview semi-recently said, you know, during the pandemic, he essentially got so bored that he was like, I still got some years in me. I'm only like 50 ish years old. I can take some bumps and he's getting back into it. And I love all the character work and all the stuff he's been doing on impact um, with Vincent um, with like the jumper cables. Like I was like, like almost pissing in my pants laughing. It was, it was so funny. And um, as a former slash still kind of like goth, like mall goth girl, I love all that. Like Rob zombie cheesy horror stuff. Like even with like Rosemary and like it's so cheesy and great and all this like fake grindhouse trailer stuff. Like that's all me. That's like all my aesthetic. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh,
2: let's let's actually talk about Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary and Tasha Steeles had a great match for the knockouts title. Um, I didn't know. I, I knew to expect Tasha going over. I didn't yeah. know how we were going to get there. But I also love that Tasha Steeles continues to grow as a character and as a champion because this is new She's for also
3: her. a feline as well, so obviously Yeah, I'm
2: doing sure. doing her inner scar from from the Lion King. Oh. I didn't understand what we were doing there, but it was interesting. It was
3: a lioness. I was getting like a lioness, like especially with like the gear there's like the claw marks on the back. She's like a lion ready to rule the kingdom and bring everyone down, you know?
2: Yeah. And um, it, it feels like it feels like Rosemary and T- and, Tra- and sorry. Rosemary and Tasha are not done yet. Mm. But for the match itself, I mean it was good, it could have been better, but for what it was, I quite Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores
0: led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, buy rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill
2: Enjoyed it.
3: i loved a lot of the spots i really liked the finish i think that the pacing had a little bit of issues um it took a long time to kind of establish um quite a few spots but shit happens in the ring sometimes you call a spot and you're like well that didn't work we're gonna have to like start another sequence right so um, both of both those women are absolute professionals and i also noticed that Um, Rosemary's gear was like looking a little bit loose. So clearly she's been hitting the gym hard and it's showing like, she looks amazing. Um, and I'm not saying that COVID's over because it's not, but because the world is starting to open up, I feel that a lot more athletes, um, are hitting the gym a lot more frequently now. Um, and I just think everyone looks amazing. Like every division, every promotion from, the fed down to like indies, like people are just happy to kind of be out able to perform again and you can, you can really see it.
2: Just a reminder folks, leave a thumbs up on this video if you're watching us live or if you're watching us after the fact, you can donate a super chat as well. If you want to get your question or statement read right on the air, we're hanging out. We're talking about uh, rebellion. I don't really want to talk about the tag team bag gimmick battle royal as it was. Oh, Do God. you want to get into it? I don't. No, no, no. I don't no. much to say. Okay. Let's not bring need... that
3: negativity to the day, okay, Joel?
2: Don't, don't need to. Instead, we can talk about the main event. We can talk about Moose and Josh Alexander. We kind of touched on it at the opening. What um, was there, was there anything that really stood out to you? I mean, we talked about the family being there. We talked about the title changing hands. The match itself was just for me. It was really, really good. Really enjoyed it.
3: It was it was a great match. I personally thought it went a little bit too long, just because this was super telegraphed. We all knew that Josh was going to get it, Um, and I'm so happy that Moose can just like rest and relax now because goddamn, he's been working so hard, as is Josh. Um, But I think this was inevitable, and you know, tons of people from Fightful have been like, "Give Josh the damn bell." I know Reg was like yelling for it. I was yelling for it. A few other people, I think you as well. You're a huge Josh stan
2: um so i am i also had to make up for the fact that i called it back in october at bound for glory when i said josh is going to be uh christian cage moose is going to win the collier shot Gauntlet, and moose is going to cash in the same night and take the title and people were pissed off at me because i called it but at the same time i realized there was so much more to that story between moose yeah. and josh alexander the outcome is like, just the outcome exactly i thought it was be i thought it would go to slammiversary which would have brought us into july or late june but no not the case um it was better to do it at rebellion in my opinion and have the title switch happen there and there the beats along the way they worked out i was quite happy with that
3: yeah and i mean um it was it was really really good to see um like both of those dudes kind of understand the story and like understand that they both have kind of completely different narratives completely different styles of wrestling um completely different experiences but they still were able to feed off of each other so well and especially having your wife and kid there and i'm sure moose did as well um it's the stuff is really emotional and you know not until recently especially because of covid was i able to kind of go out and see indie shows but like when you're up close and especially me, I kind of get like even more access cause I'm training. The shit is like really intense and people really put it all out there and you could really tell that with both of these men. So I don't think it's like, Oh, Moose did better. Oh, Josh Alexander did better. It was just a really like glorious moment for both men involved.
2: It was. And you know what? The, um, where was my, my train of thought? I just lost it completely. So, you know, that means something, um, with, with Josh, I think the the story of him having to go away because of his contract,
0: mm-hmm. I think,
2: really added to, to the story. I think that really mm-hmm. made made things so much more important. And Moose going off and having a bunch of really great title defenses with W. Morrissey uh, and, and just everything that he did in the interim, it made sense to the point where getting to this match actually worked out. And then bringing the feud to Toronto to Destiny Wrestling and I mentioned this on Tim and Joel pod and impact running the video of Moose spearing Jade, uh, Josh's wife in the ring at destiny wrestling. That meant something. And for impact to go and know to play that and, and video it, that means something. And I think oh, yeah. that's something that, that uh, is helpful in wrestling.
3: One. And like, now that all these forbidden doors are open to um, one person that I would like to see actually come back to impact for some kind of like, clusterfuck like rivalry situation would be the bunny. Oh yeah. I think that would be a really interesting, like uh wild card to throw in there just for like, w- like one-offs. Like I'm sure there's like a lot of complications due to contracts, but why not?
2: So w- what you would do is have honor no more where you have Maria canellis and you have mm-hmm. the bunny show up as Allie. And then the two of them kind of look at each other and just be like, don't I know you from somewhere? And I love it. Bunny be like, I love it. I don't know. And that was it. Uh something like that would be fun. And of course you do Demon and Bunny because they were a tag team once upon a time, Rosemary and, and Bunny. Um there's there's a lot of potential there. I think that'd be fun. I don't know if we'll ever see it because, like you said, contracts and and forbidden doors of all sorts and flavors. But goddamn um, doors! Exactly, you got to take those doors and just you got to beat them down. And I see in the chat they're saying Ali got killed. Awful. You know what? Taya got sent to jail and now she's back. So anything can happen. So did Su
3: Yun? Didn't Su Yun kill a bunch of people and then bring them back?
2: Exactly, and Su Young can bring people back from the dead, and so can so can Allie come back? So can I? Him. I'm a cat. That's right. We're all coming back from the dead. That's what wrestling is all about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, that's rebellion. We gotta that talk about rebellion. other stuff. We can we, let's, let's talk. We can talk AW, We can talk about training. Let's maybe do the train. Let's, let's let's talk about the training and the beating and the you feeling like shit.
3: Yeah, sure. I think most of my no, I still have some bruises there, but
2: Always um
3: will. Yeah, so wrestling isn't real, and everything that happens is fake, except for the fact that you're essentially a stunt performer and you have to be in pretty damn good shape or at least have good cardio or you will pay. And the cool thing about it is like, you know, each week you're working with the same people, but you're getting more and more comfortable and you kind of are becoming a family. And as you get more comfortable, you start to be like, Oh, like I can really put you in a headlock or, Oh, I can like, really like, you know, push your head up when I'm putting you into the rope because at first you're kind of like oh shit like I don't want to hurt the person um and I come from a boxing background right so I don't want to like shoot on someone like until like you know maybe I'm in Japan and I have to like prove myself or something um but I don't want to hurt anyone because at the end of the day this is rehearsed we're like doing sequences right so um we're now doing like snapmares, takeovers, schoolboys, rolling off the second rope. Like it's starting to get really real now. So um, that's fun. But it's also scary because there's a lot more room for error and room for injury, which I obviously have um, one of my muscles, um, like in the side of my quad, I didn't tear it, but I definitely got pinned on the rope um, in a certain way that like my body kind of contorted and it's just not the same. So it's, it's it's not ballet, as William Regal said.
2: That's right. So you're you're feeling you're feeling good still. You're still wanting to keep doing this. You're still I'm like, thirsty.
3: I want to get in that ring and it. rip people's heads off, man.
2: So you mentioned your local, so you're you're training at Super Kicked. Yes. And super follow them. Event yes, follow super kicked. Uh what um you went to the show on Friday. Mm-hmm. What did you think was that? That wasn't your first super kick show though, was it?
3: No, 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 no. I've been to, okay. um, it was my first super kick show with the great hall. I've only been to like their crazy rowdy, like, um, house shows, which is actually at the studio where I train. Yes. Um, and it's, it's the same, same, but different vibe because it is like a licensed venue and it's a little bit bigger and nicer. And it's kind of like, you're going out, but once you get inside there, it's like, it's such a, such a like unique vibe because it's just like this two story venue with a balcony, Um, like a 360 balcony and then the ring in the middle with another floor. Um, And if I were to compare it to any promotion that like we kind of talk about, it would kind of be like a GCW at the showboat, but kind of smaller. And the roster is so diverse in terms of like types of styles of wrestling, the people that are wrestling, the ages, the body types, like the backgrounds. Like it's, it's so awesome. And Toronto is really unique in that we're, you know, we're the biggest city in Canada, um, and we have all types of people, and wrestling is the place where no matter what issues you have, no matter, you know, how shitty your day is, you come in, you get your ticket scanned, and you're all family, and you really feel that at Superkick. Like, I had my arm around some, like, older dude beside me. I had no idea who he was. We were hitting the ring. We are getting into it. I got cut on a ladder. Um Psycho Mike was there. Um, that clutch your Nuts guy was there that like made fun of uh, EC3 oh, um, yeah, from yeah. New York. He was great. Um, who else was there? Some The Luchas, I think they were from Mexico. Like They were like real deal. Lu- One of them was a real deal Lucha. Oh, cool. um, Chris Chambers did a ladder match. It was fucking insane. You can see the clips on my Twitter. It was um, him and Mark Wheeler, right? Yeah,
2: Wheeler is amazing too. Holy. Yeah, year. go check out Mark Wheeler. He's known as Whew. the Golden God. He just came back from the UK as well. He was wrestling a bunch of matches. Uh mm. him and his partner, Taylor Rising, are really and really she's standing. a star. Yeah. She's both a star. Really great.
3: Yeah. And so she had a match mentioned. with psycho. She had she had a match with, I forget the woman's name, and I'm such an asshole, but it was kind of like a squash, and it was really funny. And then she was like, Well, that was easy. And then Psycho Mike comes out and they had a whole like comedy match. And like it was there was also, I think, some clips on my social media. Um, and super kicked is um, it would also streamed in Japan for a bit, which actually makes sense to me because it does kind of have this like variety show kind of sensibility to it, which is more of the style of Puro and Joshi style wrestling where you'll have pop idols and you'll have comedy matches and serious strong style matches and f- high flying matches. It's it's carny shit.
2: Yeah, it's the circus. And it's it's a fun show. I remember going to a few pre-pandemic, and and I enjoyed myself. A buddy of mine got me into it. Shout out to Danny Granger, who does some incredible Sharpie art. Um, he, he knows cool. where he is. And, uh, yeah, he brought me to a bunch of super kick shows years before the pandemic. Uh, and then when I found Greek Town, I felt a little more um, – I, I felt a little better there, but that's just because of the style of wrestling that was there and the people that they were bringing in. That was really uh, talking to me. So – Again, Super Kicked is an excellent place, not just for training, but also for shows. If you're ever in Toronto, look them up. Go try and see a show from Super Kicked. Uh, but Angry it sounds Town. Like a really good time. Angry Town, of course. And Destiny. and Destiny. And Destiny's out in Mississauga. That's far. No one It's still
3: GTA. It's still GTA. I've been going to yeah. Hamilton recently, and like, there are some great people out in Hamilton. And so I heard every Sunday there's a cookout in wrestling, and apparently it's like church, and I need to go experience this. Maybe I'll do some coverage for Fightful.
2: I mean, if Alpha 1 ever comes back, you, uh, you'll you have to get there to Alpha 1. where. Oh, Ethan yeah, Page yeah, yeah.
3: Is- and go you hang can, out with Puff remember. and Ethan Page.
2: Right. That's right. That's just the way it is. Wrestling is all over, and it's family, and it's universal. Let's talk about AEW. Let's talk
3: about AEW.
2: Where do you want to start? God, there was so much AEW. To New the point Japan. where I can't remember anything. You want to talk um, about well, Bidden Door?
3: Well, I've had a little bit of Rosé, but I did pull up some of the cards. So AEW Rampage, number 38. Can't believe they've already had 38 of them. That's kind of fucking crazy. Um, but, but, but Adam Cole defeats Ishii. You want to talk about that?
2: I mean, I'm not much of a of a match-by-match. Match. Like I'm not a calling out Well, I love guy. this match.
3: Well, like, I love this love the match. match. I just want to, it was yeah. a good
2: match. It was a long match, but it was good. Ishii and Cole have chemistry. No questions asked. Um, what what stood out to you? What did you love? What did you want to see more of? I'll tell you what I didn't want to see. I didn't really want to see Jay White get involved, but I guess mm-hmm. because Jay White had the appearance on Wednesday, we kind of had to use him again on Friday, so it makes sense.
3: Um, I think that a lot of AEW stands forget that. Um, well, obviously Kenny is connected to Japan, but so is Hangman Adam Page, and as is a lot of other roster members, including Adam
1: Cole.
3: Um, Even the. And the Young Bucks, of course. My goodness. They've done the the Tokyo Dome
2: seven times. Have you? That's right. Not a once. But if you send um, more Super Chats, I might be able to go to the Super Dome. Uh, super. The huh. Dome. That's a new super venue Dome.
3: opening in Tokyo in 2045. Brother.
2: Talk. I'm done. <laughs> all
3: right. We're done. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs> um, no, but I thought that match was awesome because, like, we all know what you're getting with Ishii. You're going to get, like, the shit kicked out of you you're gonna get turned into hamburger meat but adam cole like really stood his ground like not to be problematic but uh, he stood his ground and um kind of showed his like uh made in japan chops and i was shocked that he took it because like, i got like i thought that that would have been so cool if Ishi won and went through with the tournament because like what a fucking wild card that would be right
2: it'd be pretty cool I but it I've also
3: makes that. sense with cole and like Cole is one person where, like, I love him. I have not one bad thing to say about him. But in terms of like storyline and like what they're doing with him, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get what they're like building to, but I'm just trying to
2: enjoy it, I guess. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Graham with the super chat. New Joel Pearl Wrestling. Yes, that is the new Japan Pro Wrestling. Thank you. That's (laughs) hilarious. I love it. Um, sorry i wanted to do that okay and so, hit that thumbs up
3: hit you cowards up. hit, hit that thumbs yes. up
2: i see i see uh our buddy rob Wilkinson. if you say, like look i have guns bro if you out. don't that's coming for you brother i gonna beat you up i i want to see uh i want to see on the men's side of things uh the undisputed elite kind of attempt to run the table and eventually have to figure out when they go against each other who's mm. gonna win and will there be bad blood Mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at because Adam Cole, he is in the tournament now. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, he got in by defeating Jungle Boy. I want to see if they're going to, you know, eventually have a matchup between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with like Dax and Cash are going to face off this Wednesday night on Dynamite. Ooh, and with CM different...
3: Punker on commentary.
2: Yeah. And like, it's a different feeling. It's not the same as like the Undisputed Elite are two heels that are a bunch of heels that will have a problem with each other if mm-hmm. someone beats other one whereas Dax and Cash are like this is for the glory of Bret Hart we're still best buds um, but it's still interesting to see teams face each other for dominance in a tournament and I want to see that
3: here's a hot take the the Hart tournament in itself is kind of like like how do I put this without sounding like an asshole the way that this tournament has been set up just kind of is like here it is you know what I mean like that's yeah. kind of like the feeling I get, and like especially having the Heart Legacy and name attached to it, it's kind of like yikes. There's, it's a little bit yikes for me.
2: So I think there's been. So I, I don't necessarily agree with the with the yikes thing because um, the I think the problem has been that they're waiting for a lot of things to clear up, specifically in Canada, so that they can actually have potentially mm-hmm. some matches or even the finals in Canada. Um, they're not really. They're not doing this in a panderous way. I don't think it's a pandering. No,
3: no, um, no. That's not what I'm tournament. saying at all. I think in but the storytelling way, it's just kind of like there.
2: Well, there is no story right now. There is not. There, there, there's nothing that's been set, And that's kind of, the, again, this is one of the issues that I take with, with AEW when it comes to um, the stories that they tell is that sometimes they let them sit for too long on the back burner. I think a good example of that right now is not only the Julia Hart story, but also Sheeta and Deeb mm-hmm. and th- they're having a Philly street fight but they haven't really done much other than show a couple of 30-second promos in a very rushed dynamite tire. rampage. Yeah, like, there's not enough going on. Uh, they brought back um, Hikaru Shida on the rampage before the last pay-per-view, and they've done nothing about it since other than maybe the face-off in the qualifying match. And, like, there hasn't been much going on. That's not storytelling to me. That's just we put it on. The, we It's here. It's on the back burner. We'll bring it back. It's just nothing's making me excited for this match. Um, it's a lot so of hurry I'm up watching, and wait. It is, and then that's the thing that AEW I think has has to start working on to encapsulate the fans that keep coming back uh, and the frustrations that they have with it. So mm-hmm. with the with the Owen tournaments, I want to see those storylines kind of play into the tournament, but mm-hmm. I also want to see um, just the just good matches, and I want to see this actually elevate certain wrestlers. Yeah, but here's my one concern how big of a tournament is this going to be? Do they know how they plan that out? Um, Tim and I talk about this on the podcast. Tim hates stumpy brackets. He hates Mm. the idea of like eight people on either side and it's like three weeks and you're done. Tim wants Mm -hmm. a bigger event. And I'm trying to get Tim to get invested and interested into like the New Japan G1 climax. Mm. He's never seen that. He's never been a big New Japan because he's not a big New Japan fan. now he'll love that. Yeah, so he's starting to see that maybe the G1 is something that he'd be into because of the way it's structured, because of the size of it, especially the way it might be structured this year because pandemic is a little bit more accessible. The the travel is more accessible due to pandemic. So we'll see how many AEW wrestlers cross over, if any, how many New Japan wrestlers are going to be there that are maybe not Japanese uh, citizens. And I'm looking forward to that. So again, when it comes to the Owen. I don't know how big it's going to be and I don't know how important they're going to make it because they haven't given me a reason for it to be bigger other than a bunch of qualifying matches.
3: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And that's kind of um, exactly like where I stand with it too. It's like, you know, you got FTR facing off against each other. you got all these like incredible Japanese performers coming over, but, and what, like, maybe there's something I'm not seeing um but right now i'm kind of a little bit worried about that and going back to new japan for a second as you were talking one thing that i thought was incredible was that despite um all of the travel and event um production challenges with covid new japan actually managed to make a profit this year not a huge one but they did make a profit so that's actually incredible considering how um how serious, like that who just Wonderful. that country that country uh, like takes lockdown and public health um guidelines like they they did not mess around neither did Canada um, but I'm shocked that they made any money last year because it was rough
2: I mean they they mostly ran shows that were it, when they did run shows, I think they were mostly empty or they had very limited mm-hmm. capacity, so um there was opportunities for them to make money but again i i haven't seen their their financials um if you're telling me they're making money then good good on them even a little bit is helpful
3: yeah no for sure i was like wow good for them not like losing any money considering how challenging it's been for everyone let alone them um because yeah. of where they're located and then uh, who else was even oh yeah the garcia eddie kingston
2: thing that was weird supposedly that match went 22 minutes and got edited down to 12
3: it says 11:22, but that seems off as well
2: So so, yeah, I mean, regardless of where you read, everything's rounded up for me, but it was the match itself live for the crowd was 22 minutes and it got cut down. Yeah, that's intense. I want to see the full match now.
3: (laughs) Same. Yeah. Holy. And I mean, we got to talk about um, Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir. I think a lot of people were quick, quick to shit on this match. Um, What did you think of it? I really liked it. I thought that there's like a good story there, and I think that you know the women's division right now for me in AEW isn't really doing it for me. But one person or two people that are is Jade and Marina Shafir because those are two women that represent so many things that a lot of other women don't represent in wrestling, um, and the way that they're presenting themselves, the way that they're presenting the story, the way that they're presenting their bodies, their strikes um, is very unique. Um, was that match a banger absolutely not there was a lot of issues with it I really like that Jade is now working out outside of the ring getting a lot more moves in. you can tell that she's working with Brian Danielson with some of those like stretch moves and holds that she's putting people in Uh, Marina Shafir is obviously you know a very serious Moldovan mixed martial arts artist so it's 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 a little bit different for her to be like a tv wrestler but I like this kind of classical like stoic warrior character and i think that there's a lot there that can be told in stories i I would even like to see them maybe even team up together and be like shit we can be the uh we can be the problem together you know oh
2: the problems i like the The i like that idea we'll see the i think one people one issue that people took with the match was that the crowd was tired by this point Mm -hmm. they weren't well they always
3: book the women like dog shit so let's let's be real
2: yeah, but I mean, there was a lot of pop going into this match as Jade's third, mm. but again, because it was Jade's 30th and I think everyone just kind of knew that Jade was going to win. Um, yeah. It was then on Jade. This is the problem with like winners, people winning um, multiple matches, like building a streak, is that it's then on the wrestler to make it seem like they could lose and therefore have their streak end at any time. They have Shafir doesn't have character work. No, and she and- doesn't.
3: Which is, which is going to be her downfall, I think. Like, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, she doesn't, like, do anything. She doesn't talk. Like, she's just, like, good at wrestling. Um, okay. So I think that, you know, Shafir definitely needs to, like, figure out what her intentions are. Like, what she wants to do in the future in the division. Like, who does she want to, like, face up against? Because right now it's like, okay, you're, like, a scary, a scary MMA chick. Okay, cool. I can still out-wrestle you.
2: Yeah. And, and Grant B sends a super chat saying, I love Marina Shafir. Will she hold a belt before Jamie Hader? Um, and you don't think so? No. I I, I think I agree with that. Um, if they had women's tag titles, I could mm. see Marina Shafir holding a tag title before Jamie Hader. But again, I'm not going to. But that, that's the question with, who? with Jade. <laughs> the troubles are coming. The troubles, the problems. But uh, I think Jamie Hader will sooner be. Uh, a champion than, than Marina Shafir, but does that include Ring of Honor? Because I could see Jamie Hayter winning the women's Ring of Honor title.
3: Book, Britt Baker, and Deanna Perrazzo, you goddamn cowards.
2: <laughs> Who knows? We might get there, we might not. We got to get through Mercedes Martinez and Diana Perrazzo first.
3: Yeah, like where's Mercedes? Where's is Mercedes? Is she...
2: I think okay? after what happened at Supercard, they're not talking about it. No one is. I I need someone to ask the questions about how Mercedes Martinez is because when she took those knees to the sternum from uh, from Willow, she was wheezing. She was gasping. So I'm not saying she's injured because I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if it came out that that she was. Um, I'm hoping not, but we'll see. Um, let's 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 lean into this right now. You you told me today that you think Minoru Suzuki is a living legend, he is the man, he is the guy. What, what's doing it for you? What, what's, what has sold you so much on Suzuki that he is like your new favorite human in the whole entire world in wrestling?
3: Well, it's not new. It's been for like a while now. But I think that the fact that any athlete or performer can just kind of walk into any promotion and do whatever the hell they want, And whether that's winning or losing and still kind of coming up on top, that's something that not a lot of people can do. Um, And it takes years and years and years to, you know, hone that craft. And when you talk, when you um, like listen to a lot of wrestlers talk about who's your dream opponent, who's your dream booking, almost every single one of them says Minoru Suzuki. And that says something for me because Minoru Suzuki to me is almost like that final boss in a video game that you just can't figure out. And you don't know what's going to happen. And there's just some, there's so much depth and there's so many angles going on. And even the way he comes out with Kazenare, with the towel, with the shadows on his face, like there's, there's just so many things to talk about. We could do a whole episode about Minoru Suzuki. I wrote a goddamn feature article in Fightful magazine about him. Um, He's, he's a huge influence on me and I'm going to be taking his style of wrestling to heart for my own style because before wrestling, he did Pancrase, and he was also obsessed with the ancient form of German grappling, which I forget the name of, but it's all about um, uh, like joint manipulation,
2: essentially, hold to hold. So the man's been active almost as long as I've been alive. And he was a model. Yes, and he, he was. The man went from like this super sexy bad boy wrestler to what we now affectionately call a murder grandpa. And I think that there is something there in that he's had this career resurgence since he returned to New Japan in mm-hmm. 2017. Cause there was this whole thing where like he came to New Japan and then he left because of something that sent him to Noah. There was a whole dispute slash storyline that drove him away from New Japan. And from there he came back to New Japan suzuki Goon came with him. And like that was the, the resurgence for, for Minoru Suzuki. And now that he's been able to come across to the U S and have these matches that have been so standout. And also for him not to have to change his, his gimmick at all. Mm. He doesn't have, and he doesn't just rely on playing the hits. Some wrestlers after 20 years, they'll just play the hits. They'll play the same. It'll be the same match or similar spots all the time. Suzuki has those spots that he goes to, but at the end of the day, he don't know what you're going to Yeah. You're still trying to do a little bit better after so many years in the ring. Um, so I, I agree with you to a certain degree that, that Suzuki is in this living legend status, and I'd love to hear in the comments if people agree with us, if they're feeling the same way, um, and, and his style really is, it's something that a lot of people aspire to, but don't necessarily, um, don't, don't, they don't see it yet, they don't, they don't have it in their brains as hard as he does, but I guess I 35 it. years will do that.
3: And getting to see these matches with him and Ishii and like so many other Japanese talents that are going to be soon coming over from New Japan is something that a lot of people should pay attention to. And I think right now, Japanese wrestling is the most popular it's ever been outside of a Japanese audience. And that's really cool. And it says something because it offers a totally different style and perspective of uh, wrestling altogether. And I don't know if you watch QT Marshall and Minoru Suzuki on Dark but I am a huge QT Marshall apologist. I will be one until I die. And that was such a phenomenal match. And you can tell that those two men just like really respect each other. And that photo, which is on our thumbnail, yep, um, is one of the best shots of the year so far.
2: I thought uh, I haven't watched the match yet. I saw the thumbnail. I saw, I saw the uh, the image, and now I'm like, I have to watch the match. Oh. Q.T. sells like a madman, and I thought it's hilarious. And to see Suzuki on Dark Elevation, I think it's fun. I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's a good thing. Suzuki will work anywhere. He was on BTE for God's sake, and did a really funny walkthrough bit with uh, with the Dark Order. Go ahead, watch that. But uh, the man is is as everywhere. He continues to be working Impact, working Ring of Honor, working AEW, working GCW. The guy, and he's working the Indies. He is everywhere you want to see him. So I think uh, you're on the right path with what you're saying on this. I agree with you.
3: And we also got to see Kodosuke um, yes, on Dark with an, another incredible match with Cutler, who, let's not forget, was Embola. Like, the dude can wrestle. Um, can. So that's another match that you should check out. Like, even if you're not going to watch the whole episode of Dark, because let's be real, sometimes it's, like, impossible to get through those. Um, check out those two matches with um, Cutler... And with Minoru, because holy, those were such rare opportunities to see that kind of a match, especially on Dark. Um, yeah, and I see in the chat someone's just saying, Did you see Takashita on Dark? and
2: Shell, <laughs> right on time. We're on the same,
3: we're on the same wavelength, dude. There
2: you go. That's it for me, man. We did it. We, we we talked about wrestling. We didn't get through everything, but I think we got through quite a lot of it. Is there anything else a, that you got to rosé. Perfect. I'm um, almost done a bottle of water.
3: What do I have to get through? Just support local wrestling, support um, professional wrestling, but especially support local wrestling. Um, be nice to each other. Um, and, yeah, don't forget to catch us every Tuesday now, not Mondays, at 5 p.m. on Fightful, Overbooked. And you can catch us both, you know, where? At L.E.Z. Z, at Joel Pearl. And I don't know. I'm just taking over your your outro because I had a little bit of rosé.
2: No, it's great. That's perfect. It's Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Go ahead, drop us a thumbs up. If you're listening in audio, guess what? You can drop a five-star review, get your get yourself going, get, get yourself drinking like Lily is, or don't. I don't know. I don't care. You know what? Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. Have a good night. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Bye